0: Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to your pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. At season end, we'll announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is a character with flight. MCP, 3D printed or a Marvel Board game, they'll all count as long as they follow that theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model, then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of the freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos at furypainting gmail.com by February 6th to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you manage to paint. As of right now,
1: we are at war. How
0: desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast for the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm back with Chris Bruffett.
1: How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I am doing fantastic. I am very excited about some upcoming things in the world of MCP and adjacent to the world of the what we call it the finest world. That's right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cool things. I think 2023 is going to be a, a wonderful year. You know, we're coming up on the end of 2022 here. Uh, we have some really exciting, uh, recently confirmed characters to kind of touch on here. But you That's know, right. I thought it would be fun. You know, moreover, just to be Talk about how excited we are for upcoming, you know, MCP period, you know, I know we keep doing it in the last couple episodes, right? But we really mean it. We're not hammering this up guys. We always fall into this at the end of, end of a year because we get so excited that we're yeah. going to get new announcements early in the, in the next year. Uh, we both really enjoy doing the end of the year wrap up episodes. So, you know, just indulge us this once, one time <laughs> folks. Just this one time. This, <laughs> this is the only time say, ever.
0: Year. It's par for the course with us because it is it is a good time for MCP because the game, it's cool because AMG usually takes a lull in their announcements, but they typically do something big at the end of the year, like these sort of balance changes like just happened, just like they did last year. And then they announce a couple things and then they take their Christmas break and they're out for several weeks. And it's like their marketing team is just doing it perfect, really, is what it seems like, Chris, because we're always riding this high. And then we get to reassess over the year and I've been saying this a lot at the end of our episodes, but now you add in the fact that our goal is to try to go to LVO every year that we can and kind of like make that a bookend of the year too, because LVO is one of those cool things. It's late January, but it's the bookend from the previous year of competitive play, right? It's the entire year, January to January of competitive play. And there's the hard reset of the LVO qualifiers and stuff. And so that's, very exciting too. like the game is like it's sort of a kind of apex point every year right sort of christmas time and then february onward february onward we're kind of in a fresh new game fresh new competitive cycle
1: not to mention this will be the first year that we will be looking forward to a tactics card cycle that's very true
0: yeah because so that happened we're, last year yeah right so we're Sorry, going to sure.
1: <laughs> we're going to we'll talk about that more in the the wrap-up of course coming up later in the month but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out how that affects the meta how mm-hmm. how things play out season to season what things change year to year based on uh you know what tactics cards kind of rotate in or out or whatever it's pretty awesome Yeah, it's super exciting for me, but, you know, of course, we kind of come from the world of MOBAs, so we're used to these types of things. That's true, yeah. But, Jesse, there is something in the immediate future we need to touch on, and that is three spider-adjacent characters, three spider-family characters that are coming to the game very soon that Atomic Mass have recently confirmed. And the first one, the one I'm the most excited about, of course, Rhino. (laughs) <laughs> what a sculpt! What a sculpt! Yeah, and he
0: is doing what I wanted, what I was anticipating—that sort of pre-charge pose—and he's digging into the ground, and the ground's shooting mm. up around him. Mm. He's about to do very the charge. anime, right? Yeah, very anime, uh, very much the Spider-Man cartoon, which we've talked about on the show a lot. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really awesome injection in the arm to the Spider foes because I think they're a really solid team, really good team, really good lineup. And all they need is a couple more models just to really make them fully sing. Rhino's one of the ones that was highest on our list for obvious reasons. He's such an iconic Spider-Foes villain. And it just also gives me confidence and knowledge that we're going to get the rest of these Spider-Foes that we want so bad that are also iconic, obvious choices that they are not in the game yet. So that's exciting. But Chris, you hinted at there's two more. And AMG has just now revealed Agent Venom and Spider-Woman. So, wow. This is exciting. This is very exciting. So this was a route I'm very excited to see them go because when we find out what these characters do, Chris, like I think it's going to be an injection into obviously the play of Web Warriors, but also S.H.I.E.L.D., right? And that seems like obvious places that these characters might be. We can
1: speculate, but we don't really do a lot of that here. I have a sneaking suspicion Agent Venom might find himself available to the spider foes possibly look i don't I know. Never know he was mostly good possibly a uh a guardian as well he spent some time with them absolutely absolutely definitely probably guardians which is which is great oh that that is going to be a fun run to cover there that that cosmic that's venom, right. that's that is exactly what we're going to cover whenever we get to agent venom i promise you perfect
0: perfect yeah agent venom is a cool character and you eh, know he's okay he's a
1: fan favorite in recent years he's not my preferred Venom, yeah. of course. But I'm not, you know, you know, my kind of aversion to these, uh, you know, military mm, discipline and order kind of characters. I'm like, I'm more chaotic kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be more classic
0: Venom for sure. But it's, yeah, just the character being Flash is just cool. And the whole canon of for sure. that
1: universe, how that worked out sculpt looks cool 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 i'm excited to see it in person
0: yeah and speaking of sculpts chris this spider woman sculpt so you know i'm a big fan of spider woman a big part is the suit and how long she's been around and the suit hasn't really
1: changed like it's it's just much like the spider man suit it's pretty iconically uh 70s you know and it's it, it just screams this era of marvel uh, it's just good. down to the colors. And yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool. I, I think Iconic is very apt on this one. I know it's a, a, a term thrown around a little bit much, yeah. but it works here.
0: Well, beautiful sculpts and action poses abound. But it's also too like, I think these characters are going to bring a lot of interesting stuff, not only to their affiliations, but to the game because they do have interesting power sets. And yes, AMG could go many directions with this. They could go. More powerful, less powerful, they could go. I mean, Jessica in particular, her power set ranges quite a ways, depending on who's writing her and stuff like that, right? As opposed to someone like Peter Parker, where it's more established, he's within a certain range and stuff. So I'm always interested to see what they do with characters like this. And then also, it just has me more excited for the year because I really hope we get maybe more of this spider centric stuff this year and kind of just round out the spider villains and the spider people, the web warriors, just a little more and kind of see more of that side of the game because, you know, people, myself included, people love to play these factions and for them to have a couple more models really means we're going to see them more. Absolutely.
1: I have a couple of surprises, uh, surprise additions uh, to suggest to you for my spider foes list, but that's of course going to happen on an after dark later this month. But yeah, it's it's kind of heavy in the uh Spider People department as a matter of fact. And I um I'm really enjoying, you know, playing MCP in this kind of spider world at the moment. And for it to to get bigger is going to be very 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 cool. Also, just give us give us Hobgoblin, baby.
0: Uh please. You know, he's my favorite goblin. He's my favorite look and favorite character of
1: that well, Which character. one? There's been about 8, but yeah of course. I do do have a question for you, Jesse. You might have a little more insight on this one than I do. We have seen, of course, that Rhino is going to be coming in a box by himself. Mm -hmm. Sort of a juggernaut situation. A juggernaut situation is is very, very apt. I guess it would make sense that uh, Agent Venom and Jessica Drew are coming in a box together. Absolutely. Yeah. And if that being the case, I would like to go ahead and applaud Atomic Mass for stopping the silliness of putting characters that are in completely different affiliations in the same box. Mm, uh, characters yeah. that... are like heroes and villains that are separate. Maybe, yeah, they might have been in the same area of comics, the same niche, the same domain. Beast of Mystique. Yes, I mean, all the mutants did that. They all, almost all of them came paired. Yeah. uh, You know, X-Men Brotherhood. Yeah, no, and like literally no crossover of
0: their affiliated models, really.
1: Yeah, which is wild. But yeah, man, I'm, great job, Atomic Mass. Great job on stopping that foolishness and let's not return to it.
0: I like that. Yeah, and I also like the idea of that, depending on where these models land, this could be an auto pickup box in the future for... Future web warrior and shield players, you know, and I really like the idea of that.
1: And it's going to be easier than ever to be a web warrior player with the new web warrior uh box.
0: Yeah, that's really exciting that that's coming out and you can just pick that up just like the meat box, just like the so brother, cool brotherhood and box. You know,
1: I, I, I am a purchaser of the Asgardian box myself, and very good. Look, I'm jealous. It was <laughs> hey man, it's, it's such a cool thing. Uh, th- yeah. Those boxes are very, very neat. I-, I love that idea. Atomic Mass is, is like I said, they're kind of starting to nail this understanding what their player base wants for the money, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and I think they have more resources and obviously more interest in the game from when they started. So they're doing smart things with these resources. But Chris, there's been some other changes in the game recently. Some interesting changes. Oh, you don't say. I'm actually going to save the best for last. and do the second best right now Malakith was changed slightly and that's probably something we're going to cover deeper in tactics and stuff in the future we don't really spend a Guaranteed. lot of time today because we are on a character episode today but chris Malakith's charge was taken up to three instead of two Huge. the steve problem is is still the steve Present. problem is still a problem still a problem but him and Steve aside, you got to do a lot of, you got to jump through some hoops to get him to be able to charge around one. That's great. But more importantly, Malekith made a lot of teams leave the meta entirely. Great teams. Guardians, Shadowland Daredevil, even like a team like X-Force. None of Absolutely. these teams are viable against him at all because you could not re-roll dice into him. That clause on his superpower has been taken away entirely. Fantastic. He, you can re- you can re-roll dice into him. And Chris, he's still great. He still can do the domino counting, skulls for crits. He's still got a big health pool. He's still got great defenses. 444. You can just actually like use dark rain on him now. You can actually use winging it tokens on him now. You can actually wet works on him now, right? So this makes a lot more sense. I don't know. I'm really excited to see where this lands. Uh a lot more a lot of podcasts are gonna be talking about this and have been talking about this. It's just good that they were willing to take him down a notch.
1: I really do not think there's much more to say about it. He was a genuine problem. Yep, some would say overtuned. Absolutely overtuned, and they tuned him down a little bit, and you know, in some noticeable ways, some impactful ways. Uh, we'll see where he lands. He might still need more. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know that's okay. He's not. I, I think the he's he doesn't feel nearly as oppressive. Being able to re-roll dice into him, being able to yes. to have a little bit more consistency, into in and, and a lot of characters, just it wasn't just affiliations like you mentioned. It just kind of nullified a lot of characters. Period. That kind of really absolutely yeah, yeah. Re- rely on that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean yeah, you think about Lord think Kenny, about like Laura and yeah, Baron like Zemo. Sta- yeah, they're just
0: meta staples. Yeah, absolutely. They're just not doing anything. And also like. Because Malkith was so dominant and those teams not existing in the meta, other this is how games are. I understand this, but because Malkith was so oppressive and because he was so oppressive because of the reroll thing, we lost all these powerful reroll teams like Shadowland Daredevil, like Guardians. And then when they went away, Hulk. Just rose to the top, like right next to Malekith, because Hulk, he's one of those characters that the only teams that can genuinely kill him consistently are those reroll teams, right? Like teams that can just get a lot of little dice attacks into him over and over again. That are always getting a couple damage every time. That's Great the best point. way to get him. So he became a massive problem these last couple of months, and he still might be the best model in the game, pound for pound, especially in Avengers, because he's going to be straight. honest.
1: If there's a if there's a character in the game to be the best pound for pound model, correct it might as well be Hulk. It should be Hulk, right? And meanwhile, Thanos is
0: just still sitting and wait, being arguably it's okay. one of the best models in the game. But That's okay.
1: Every villain has to wait for the right time to strike. He doesn't <laughs> yeah, need to be at time. the top. He doesn't need to be at the top all the time. He's no. he's hanging back. He's sitting back in the cut, right? Laid up. That's right. Oh, he's still doing great. He's just waiting. Yeah.
0: he's just waiting and you know Malachith chris is still going to kill stuff better than anything else he's still going to delete models he's still going to have insane mobility he's still gonna be able to pay for this charge just not round one so he's still going to be this massive influence on the game you still need to have a plan for him but these subtle changes actually make him a seven threat model probably and we're just going to see where they land like chris said could be not enough could be just right time will tell and I'm happy that AMG was willing to just take a couple important steps, but not go crazy, you know, not be like, and let's reduce the strike by one and let's do this. You know, just, they just tweak the most notable issues at first. And I think that's good. You know, it's like a Modoc situation. Like MODOK is still oppressive. He's just not as oppressive as he was. And you got to make decisions to know when to play him. So we'll see where this goes. I'm really excited about it. But Chris, I did save the best news for last. And I was on Ominous Protocol recently doing an episode about Weapon X. And a big part of this was because of this news and our excitement was through the roof because Charles and I had a lot of conversations off mic, very worried about Logan not being affiliated with the X-Men, about Sabertooth, Apex Predator, not being affiliated with the Brotherhood. Well, dear listener, that has all been put away now. We love you, AMG, so much. Logan, the Wolverine, is affiliated with X-Men. And weapon x Sabretooth the apex predator is affiliated with brotherhood and weapon x but not cabal i like these little like subtleties you know yeah and then we got our weapon x list chris
1: and man is it a cool list that's a fun team it's a very chris style team that's for sure but it's also also a jesse team it's also a jesse it's weird (laughs)
0: very, very interesting. Yeah. So I'll go the team real quick. It's Logan the Wolverine, X-23, Honey Badger, Domino, Deadpool, and Sabretooth the Apex Predator. Sorry, Cap, even though you're part of Weapon Plus, you didn't make it in. Classic Cap.
1: Look, there's there's plenty of time. We can get Maverick, Silver Sable, the whole gang. We can get them later.
0: Yeah, Chris, this is a very Chris and Jesse team. And I have linked Omnis' show on all our social media. And if you haven't heard that episode, go check out Omnis Protocol and look at the episode called Weapon of Choice. Great reference there. There's a thing there where it's like we talk about the initial build of Weapon X and what it could look like. And we're kind of just doing what we best we can right now because no one really knows. But what's super cool about this list, Chris, is I love the idea of Logan being X-Men Gold. I mean, it just makes me so happy. And in fact, even X-Men Blue. In some ways, less energy with Scott because he's got to be in the bubble to get the discount. And then he's losing his rerolls. I don't really love that, but gold. I love so much. and I'm so happy.
1: I think he's got a lot of viability in gold, a very, very, <laughs> very great deal. Um, yeah, I, I I've heard the idea that, that he does not benefit too much from storm's leadership. And I would like to push back on that. Mm. I feel that the, yes, uh, his, Main purpose is to be up in someone's grill, uh, doing damage on a scoring point when he's healthy, of course. But er, yes, it, it is true that that main opponent will be within, you know, the range two. So he, Logan, will not be benefiting from the cover, cover. from Storm's leadership. But I would like to suggest to you that that cover is a very, very important thing when dealing with other folks kind of wanting to slip into the fight, you Mm. know, cables, cables, not going to want, maybe cable's going to pick somebody else. That's a little bit Mm. closer or any number of things. Maybe he's going to try to body slide and get within two of somebody. Um, Instead of firing over there into this guy that's got automatic cover and he's got, you know, healing factor two and you've got access to all these tactics cards to heal him and and whatnot. So Hmm. I I think he does benefit greatly from the cover. And of course, everybody benefits from the hop, especially round (laughs) one, using the hop on on this Logan round one to get him where you need him to be before he sure. starts taking, you know, it, it's very easy to use that to reverse field and kind of surprise your opponent too. So,
0: Oh yeah, for sure. You could hop him off a of beast and then you could exactly. strike to the
1: midline and then place
0: on the midline and you've still got another action to go. Exactly. Like crazy, amazing stuff. Yeah. Something we also talk about too, Chris, a lot. It's not so much about the cover. It's also like teams are so much more complex than their leaderships in this game. We talk about it all the time. And a big part of that is what does a team need? x-men gold needed wolverine (laughs) to be able to be playable (laughs) let's start there but they also needed someone who can hold a flank by themselves while they're doing the other gold stuff on the other side of the map and logan just fits that bill perfectly so like even if he didn't bit from from the cover even if he didn't bit from the storm hop he's still adding to the team in a massive way holding a flank and let's just face it this sculpt is good and this this card is great so if you're playing gold, you're going to want to try this Logan. And you know, it's funny because I think the original Wolverine stocks continue to go up because we just get more cards and stuff and we get more places to yeah. potentially fit, which is funny. But he just does not fit X-Men gold as well as this Logan does because the Log- this Logan has mobility and that's what gold is all about, is mobility, movement, positioning, mobility. That's really what they're about at their heart. The cover's just a bonus and yeah, I love it so much. And Sabretooth being Brotherhood... We'll keep it brief, but this guy can spend power almost better than any model in the game, right? (laughs) So a team that gets him more power that he absolutely needs, right? He gets scary very quickly. He gets scary very quickly. And now you have this awesome discussion with this character because this is very different from the Wolverine conversation where you're saying, okay, you're playing Brotherhood. Which saber tooth are you taking? Because I don't know the answer,
1: Chris. I don't either. And (laughs) you know what I, to borrow a phrase from one Michael Cage, you know what I'm going to say? That's nasty, partner. Perfect.
0: Well, with that, Chris, we're doing a character episode today. We just had a lot of fun news we want to talk about up front. And we're doing one of our returning character episodes. These are so fun. These are some of my favorites to do on the entire show. Keep in mind, we have done this character before. The character is Tony Stark, piloting the Hulkbuster suit instead of piloting the Iron Man suit. But as we always say when we do these episodes, if you want the full lore deep dive, this is not it. This is a pickup from the last time we did this character. So if you want to check out our Iron Man episode, please do if you haven't done so. It's very early in our our show's life, and this will be basically part two of that episode. Where we check out AMG's second iteration of a character and we focus on one story in particular and only one story. And then we talk about this new card that they've given us for the same character. It's kind of our approach to these episodes, right?
1: Well, Jesse, not to rain on any parades, but I might have cheated a little bit with uh, what story I chose to pick. But we're going to get into that later because right now we've got some business to attend to. Fury's Finest is supported by the Mr. Laser Store and DiscountGamesInc.com. Check out the Mr. Laser Store and DiscountGamesInc.com for your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs.
0: Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash furiesfinest. If you enjoy the show and like to join our Discord community, help us pay our bills, consider joining the Patreon. We take this time to thank all of our patrons
1: for their support. This week, we want to send a very special shout out to Nathan. Nathan, thank you so much. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, we cannot do the show without our
0: Avenger producers, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, Rich, and Jason. Thank you, Avengers. All right, Chris, let's get over to Hulkbuster lore.
1: Well, Jesse, I kind of alluded to it, but we're going to be taking a look at a little bit more than the Hulkbuster today. We're going to be taking a look at three prominent, well, two and a half prominent Marvel Crisis Protocol characters. We're also going to be checking in on kind of some updates to the modern canon on Thor, Hulk, and a little bit of Tony and a new Hulkbuster armor. That's right, folks. Today, we're talking about Banner of War. This is a crossover event from 2022 uh, written by Donny Cates and drawn by Martin Kokola. So Jesse, to kind of get you up to speed for this one, I'm going to have to yada 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 through some updates on the characters, just to get you guys to the beginning. I'm not going to give the whole story, I'm just going to tell you where we are. When this story picks up, Thor is the king of Asgard. Odin has died unbeknownst to anyone but Thor, Odin's spirit inhabits a cracked and reformed Molyneur. Odin's spirit can communicate to Thor through Molyneur, and has and Molyneur has a certain degree of autonomy guided by and controlled by Odin's spirit. Now, Hulk, on the other hand, and Bruce Banner, they are two separate people, as a matter of fact, when this is picked up. Though not physically two separate people. Bruce Banner has created a mind castle, as it were, inside the mind of the Hulk. He is controlling the Hulk in a control center. He has the consciousness of the Hulk inside of a simulation. In this simulation... Bruce needs more power, more rage, more strength from the Hulk, from his Hulk ship, as it were. He will just crank up the difficulty of what's going on in this simulation. Or, you know, if he needs things to calm down, just bring... Pre- it's it's much like uh, the engine... Think of it, an engine of a ship. It's not going to be an immediate rev. It's going to be, a you know, more of a, a, a slower, steadier increase. So this is where we're going to pick up hulk and thor find each other in space facing off we pick up our story with you two the watcher who is here to watch to observe this though he's got some popcorn he's here kind of here for a show thor is after hulk for the supposed killing of 14 people in reno nevada of course the hulk our hulk is not guilty of this Bruce Banner is not guilty of this but this Titan Hulk this thing inside of the Hulk the this entity that gives the Hulk power kind of takes over and you know when this is happening based on Bruce's or the Hulk's eyes kind of going black and and this is that 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 gamma demon or or something you know not quite known yet in control and this is something I really enjoy about Donny Cates, Jesse, and he's done this with Null and Venom, and he's he's really interwoven things with Thor, he's as well, and of course he's writing Thor now, but he he kind of a seamless transition from the Jason Aaron run post War of the Realms. So when these two start fighting, we start figuring some things out, and early on we're gonna find this really cool thing like. The spirit of Odin is going to invade the mind castle of of the Hulk and talk to Banner. And they're going to kind of start figuring this thing out. Things are going to start losing control. And of course, in issue two, this is where we're going to get introduced to Tony Stark. Uh, As a matter of fact, the Avengers are all kind of there. More than just the Avengers, the Fantastic Four are there. Everyone is here because they are trying to find the Hulk. In their eyes, he has killed 14 people recently, and they need to find him. When they do, of course, Steve starts trying to figure out a plan, whatever. Tony is being quite aloof in the corner. A a, a small argument between the two ensues, and pretty quickly, Steve Rogers deduces that Tony is actually not in that suit. And Tony quickly confirms this, and a something in the background blasts off towards space. <laughs> He's going to go join this thing and we're going to pick up with just the coolest Hulkbuster that has ever existed and the reason I chose this and <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a Hulkbuster powered by celestial energy this is a Hulkbuster inside the body of a deceased celestial a Hulkbuster armor that is powered by the celestial energy and it is confronting this absolute beast of a hulk who is actually jesse something bad has happened bruce is no longer in control of course yeah and the hulk doesn't know that he is not in a simulation oh no bruce and odin are powerless to just watch the hulk angrier and angrier and let's keep in mind guys that this celestial hulk buster armor and quick side note please google it the the design is super rad this armor is it's a hulk buster armor it is designed to take out the hulk it is actively designed to drain gamma radiation from the hulk drain this this these gamma rays that give him strength he should be shrinking he should be getting smaller but titan hulk is taking control instead of getting smaller and getting weaker he is getting bigger and growing stronger and stronger and the titan hulk takes control and releases some energy that just just a little bit of release of energy completely fries the celestial hulk buster and not wow. long after the, through through some you know machinations of thor and the hulk buster and odin and all this, this you know within a page or two the hulk is going to first he's going to have you know superman-esque green laser eyes through just pure rage uh which is super cool but he's going to basically be a gamma bomb himself he's going to explode tony of course will survive he he was not close to the explosion but you know it's quickly it's it stated you know that that would just vaporize instantly vaporize any human being but the person in this 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 blast wasn't a human being it was it was thor he's a god so now we have hulk thor a fully hulked out version of thor we have a bruce banner and arguing with the spirit of odin to go to the hands of the Hulk, the Hulk who is now in control. He is fully the Hulk. He is, Bruce is nowhere near this. Okay. The Hulk is going to become the God of Thunder. He's going to wield Mjolnir and wield Crazy. that power. You're going to see the Thored out Hulk versus the Hulked out Thor. Very, very powerful, extreme, cool things, you know, things that will echo in marvel for a while of course it will return to status quo and i don't want to give everything away you should read this the art is insane the story is well told it is very fast-paced very well done the end is is going to culminate with some very cool things happening and you should really read it incredibly cool concepts going on Um, we have some some very powerful themes running through it that I haven't really touched on just through subtext and in the conversations the characters are having. Uh, very powerful ones uh, indeed. And uh, I would highly recommend that everyone read this to a quick five-issue crossover event that is very, very rad. It sees some of our favorite MCP characters go through some big, big changes and some Just awesome what ifs. And and guys, if you don't really know the history between Thor and the Hulk as far as them fighting each other, it's always a huge deal. And it's, it's always a big, massive, entertaining, you know, event. And this is one of the most legendary versions of that, I think. Donnie and Martin really nailed this one, like, out of the park. I loved it. It's super fun. It's, you know, not the most high minded thing you've ever read, but it's the Hulk and it's Thor. What do you expect? Well in Celestial Hulkbuster. Yeah, that's the that was my excuse for you for being able to use it in this episode, of course, but well and you have you
0: if you look at this picture like Chris said, which I did Google it when we talked about this, the Celestial <laughs> Hulkbuster is dude, it's cool. kind of insane. Like it's so cool. Calling it Hulkbuster is conservative. This is this is next level. This is like the biggest Gundam e- ever meets a celestial and Look, Tony man, just happens to be
1: piloting it. There's a point in this story where Bruce Banner gets in his little mech suit and think G Gundam, think Pacific Rim, you know, in their suit, real-time fighting. Yep. You know, Mecca. It's it's just it's cool stuff, man. Yeah, that you sold me there. I'm into all that. So mecha, kaijus, anything. There's a lot going on. Donnie Cates is just a master of postmodern writing, I believe, uh, in comic books and he he is he killed it here and like I said, the art is insane, the colors are insane, the character designs, absolutely nuts. You gotta check it out.
0: All right. Well and that leads us to the MCU, Chris, which is kind of interesting situation we're in today because Atomic Mass, I feel like the times they pull for the MCU are so limited and so small. Baron Mordo comes to mind, this Hulkbuster suit comes to mind, where it's like the sculpt is comic booky, right? But it is mainly based off of the modern MCU interpretation of said character or yes. thing. And that's what we got with this Hulkbuster. And we're going to talk about the MCU real quick. So this sculpt in the game is the Mark 44 Iron Man Hulkbuster. Of course, the Mark 48 comes later in the uh, Infinity War and Endgame movies. Not as cool, I might add, Mark 48. The 44 in Age of Ultron, which is where its debut
1: is, we have to mention the just absolute disappointment in Iron Man 3 that was not getting Hulkbuster. And oh, getting that's that, true. That, that, what what was it called? It was Igor, and it essentially looks like uh, Space Marine power armor. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. I've tried to forget Iron Man 3 as best I can. We, most I go to of bed. us have.
0: I try to just forget about it, but I know there's a couple out there that like it. So if you like it, I'm very happy. Don't let but- us steal your joy. Exactly. And there's a couple moments in that movie for sure. But mainly today we're talking about the Age of Ultron and arguably one of the better action scenes in Age of Ultron. So Scarlet Witch makes Bruce Banner turn into the Hulk when he's had control over the Hulk. And then it becomes Hulk fully in control. Banner is gone.
1: Puny Banner.
0: Puny Banner is gone. And that's when Tony breaks out the Hulkbuster from space we didn't even know existed. And we have the Hulkbuster... Fighting Hulk, who's fully out of control, in Johannesburg. Good fight. A lot of things going on here. Hulkbuster is not really winning for the longest time. I mean, you know, I mean, nobody really beats
1: the Hulk, right?
0: No, I mean, we're thinking about the funny scene, the where he's just holding him on the ground and meteor punching him over and over again in the face and saying, "Please go to sleep, go to sleep."
1: Like, Man, do doing what he can. There is a very similar scene early in 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 Banner War that I didn't I believe, believe it. Look, Dude, it's, there's some pretty brutal fights in this, in this, uh, five issues. And I don't like you guys have to read it. I gave you guys the most bare bones overview. Didn't even tell you the full ending, uh, left out some of the more wild things. So please read it. But anyway, yes. This fight is very good.
0: Yeah, very good. Sadly, a lot of civilian damage and stuff, and that's actually a plot point going forward with the Avengers through this, but get to see Hulkbuster's power set. We can see a lot of Hulk's power set in this, and Iron Man almost loses. Hulk gets to a point where he actually tears all the armor off, and it's that little Tony getting out and injecting, and Tony actually gets the building to drop down on Hulk, and it actually knocks out Hulk for some time, enough to get him contained and controlled. Of course, we see the Hulkbuster suit again in the future of the Mark 48. And that's like the updated version. It is a little sleeker, little fancy looking. And this is, of course, the movie Infinity War and Endgame. And this is when Banner himself is piloting the Hulkbuster because Hulk won't come out in these movies. So, ironically, Banner is actually driving the Hulkbuster in these movies and not Tony. And those are our appearances of the Hulkbuster suit in the MCU, Chris. And Truly, I think that fight scene was probably AMG's biggest inspiration for this power set and strategy, which we're about to get to. But Chris, you've given your comic book recommendation today, right? But let's do it one more time, one more time with feeling, if anyone missed it the first
1: time, so and also so people can look it up. Uh, this week, my comic recommendation, of course, is the banner war it's a crossover event uh, spanning multiple issues and multiple titles the first being hulk versus thor banner of war alpha volume one number one that'll be the only issue then it will move into thor volume six number 25 into hulk volume five number seven into thor volume six number 26 finishing in hulk volume five number eight All
0: right. Very good. So the Banner War is our recommendation today. If you want to see some Hulk, Thor, and Hulkbuster, Iron Man, all duking it out, that's the way to go. That's Chris's recommendation. And now it's time for us to get into strategy. His name is Hulkbuster and his alter ego is Tony Stark. He is a character card with one side, well, of this character. We're going to get to both characters today. But the front side of Hulkbuster is a 13 health character. He's a large base with a medium move, size four, Chris. Threat cost of six. His defenses are four physical, three energy, and three mystic. And we'll just take all the subterfuge out while we're here. He has 13 health, but we know that when this suit is destroyed, he turns into a new version of the character, which is a five threat mini Iron Man. So technically... He has 18 health, but really he has 13 because the five health Iron Man is just a bonus. It is not the character. It is not the injured side of the character like in our normal case in the game. This is an interesting discussion we're having here because it's like this just doesn't come up for us, you know? Um, normally, the only other option we have to look at this through the lens of is Hulk, who's 20 health and She-Hulk, who's 20 health. When they are days, they are KO'd instead, right? So they're just fully front-loaded. Hulkbuster's front-loaded, but only with 13. And then he's done. And then we get a new version of Iron Man that's five after. So it's like a split of 13 and five. What are your thoughts about these stats, Chris? It's interesting.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to this character. It's It's hard to really talk about him without reading the whole card, both cards, really. But yeah. I love medium move, big base. That is Yeah. It's that fun. is a lot of movement. That's Malkith, uh, Yeah. Yeah. And the four four physical. Love that. You know, the rest we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. His stats are kind of middling really mm-hmm. compared to the rest
1: of his card, right? Speaking of the rest of his card, let's begin with his attacks. His first attack is an energy attack. It is heavy repulsor blast. It is a range 3, strength 6, power cost of 0. This attack, after this attack is resolved, Hulkbuster gains power equal to the damage dealt. After the attack is resolved, if it did not deal damage, this character gains 1. It's a builder and a gainer. Love it wild. So much. After this attack is resolved, push the target character away short. I want to note, that is not triggered, it just happens.
0: Yes, it does. So one of the reasons we love Iron Man and why he's so viable in this game is he's a tanky character with pushes that are moderately consistent because wild triggers of no size restriction, keeping that repulsor blast very thematic. Hulkbuster is the same thing except this is the heavy repulsive blast it's more dice and an auto push and you talked about it chris and i'll say it while we're here we've talked about how powerful rapid fires and stuff in this game are and a big part of it is they gain that power you know and mm-hmm. this is a gainer no matter what it's not a rapid fire gainer i understand that but it's also a gainer that can potentially spike into a builder of good numbers is the way I view it, you know? So you have a range of power you're going to get every time you do this attack. And I love that because all your math is consistent with your superpowers. And even if it's not consistent, you have an idea of which way you could spike on the strike.
1: Absolutely. And something you mention all the time on this show is how much you love being able to guarantee that you're going to have X amount of power next turn. And that is only cap you're only able to do that on characters with builders or very few characters with specific superpowers. This one offers that that absolute steady power generation with yep. the bonus of also being a builder if you get damaged through. It's it's very very cool. And yeah. you know, it's just the beginning, Jesse. We've got I know. another <laughs> attack here. It's one of the be- better strikes
0: in the game and it's cool that it's 6 dice energy which no one loves, but auto gainer, potentially building more than one power. And then the auto push, Chris, of any size. Yes. I'm looking at you, Dormammu and Sentinels, and even Juggernaut, you can be moved by this. So ironically, Blob can't. Love it. But Chris, I'm moving on to his second and final attack. It's a physical attack called Meteor Punch. It's also range three. So now we're keeping in our minds very simple that Hulkbuster is just a range three attacker. It's a strength of eight. And a power cost of three. It's got a lot of clauses of this, just like his first strike does. The Tart character does not gain power for damage dealt by this attack. I love Excellent that. Excellent for a spender. Also, if this attack deals damage and the Tart character is size four or less, after the attack is resolved, the Tart character may be thrown away medium. Throw is one of my favorite words in this game. Almost just happens it is eight dice, but we have to deal damage, but that's a pretty good guarantee because there's no wild trigger here. I like that, and then you add there is a wild trigger explosive before damage is dealt. All other enemy characters within two of the target characters suffer one damage. Keep in mind, Chris, the order of these things is up to you as the attacker. You know, what I
1: what I mean by that is throw a medium into a group. An area. Yeah. yeah and and then, then do little pings. Explosive. Right. Pretty good. Pretty flexible. Very, very good. Displacement. Auto damage on a wild. Uh, not giving the enemy character a bunch of power on a spike. You know, if you daze someone, they're not yeah. off this. They're not coming back with 10 power, power or whatever they're they're coming <laughs> back with the two they had and I love uh, that's pretty devastating to be 100 percent honest
0: no absolutely i mean this attack absolutely benefits from being buffed up right if you got someone like baron Mordo on your yes. team or something like that comes to mind or a thanos or even some other characters in the game or just re you're not being penalized for dealing a bunch of damage to your opponent we always say in this game attacks are not one of the first things you want to do down the decision tree list. And a big part of it is because you give your opponent power. This kind of gets around that, and this kind of moves up the decision tree. Also, like Chris too, his his two attacks, and it's very obvious, this character does one role very well. It's controlling other big characters. And we say that because his strike does an auto push of any size, any size. So it's future-proofed. Here, Yeah. Till whenever that any size character can push it short. And then his spender has a medium throw of size four, which is most characters in the game. In fact, pretty much every character. (laughs) There's only a couple size five. And explosives not bad for the little characters. But Chris, we gotta move on to Hulkbuster superpowers because there's a few. I'm gonna read the first because what do you know? It's the third. Avengers leadership in the game, which is very cool. Agreed. Hulkbusters. Affiliation Avengers. When an allied character would suffer damage from a collision, reduce the amount suffered by one. If your squad is using the Hulkbuster's leadership ability, when a character is put into play, you are still using this leadership ability. So basically, long short of it, when little Iron Man's out, you still have the leadership. That's the important part of this. It's getting around some rules interactions that would change this. What's cool about this, Chris, is probably the most niche leadership in the entire game least helpful leadership in the entire game but in the right matchups this is what we're talking about this is that flex right i'm yep. playing sam avengers and i have hulkbuster in my list oh we're playing magneto on a map that's gonna have tons of terrain you know we flip our teams i actually have hulkbuster and sam i can't even make a decision right now do i want to be sam leadership or do we hulkbuster leadership he brought all throwers we're doing hulkbusters you know And Sam's actually getting better in that team, too, because he's surviving some collisions. Hopefully, so it's cool.
1: It is cool. It's very. I love these niche plays like this, and really brings you know, I can. I think an an underappreciated, underutilized aspect of the Avengers, but I think that's because Cap's leadership is just so good.
0: Yeah, and Sam's is right behind it, right? Yeah, and also. (laughs) <laughs> Sam's is great. Sam's is very good. This stacks Chris with other reductions. So it's like you're already probably playing Cage because you're playing Avengers, right? And it's like Cage reducing by one to a minimum of one. And this is also redu- reduced by one on top of that. So like collisions just aren't going to hurt you much, which is great.
1: So it's killer against a, Magneto.
0: Yeah, it's really good against Magneto and Asgard. And it's just a cool yeah. kind of flex into only those teams right now in the game. I predict, Chris, as the game's life goes on, this leadership, just like many other leaderships in the game, will only get better because there will be more chances to flex, right? Against more throwing characters. And Who knows what the horizon has, like the type of throws we have in the future in this game. So I find it very cool, but it's very simple. And it's actually the least important part of his card because he is an interesting character that is valuable without his leadership. And AMG did not put a super powerful leadership on him that would make the rest of his card have to go down in power level. They made him a powerful six threat with a niche leadership and I find that very cool. Like, I'd, I'd rather have it that way. You know what I mean? I'd rather have him be on par with the other sixes and have a niche leadership than be the typical thing we see in the game. Typically, you have a character at that threat level, and if they have a leadership, they're slightly depowered because the leadership is good, obviously. And and if you're playing leadership, it makes them not depowered because you're not usually
1: splashing leaders as much. That makes sense. It's true. Leaders are the least splashed, but... You know, I, I kind of wish we would have talked about his leadership at the end because the rest of this kit is, like you said earlier, built to take care of massive high threat problem models. Love it. And the his first active superpower is going to go hand in hand with his repulsor blast, and that is hit and run. You're going to pay two for hit and run. And of we've gone over this one a lot, but It is an action Hulkbuster immediately makes an attack action followed by a move action. The superpower can be used only once per turn. So this hit and run is going to really come into play. You're going to be on that point. You're going to hit somebody with a repulsor blast. Then you're going to take that large base with that medium move tool, get up. To the other side of the board. (laughs) Get to that back gamma. Yeah. And then you're going to have another action to go ahead and repulsor blast, you know, whoever's closest away again. So that's two displacements, a massive movement. It's just a big swing. All for two power.
0: No, absolutely. And keep in mind, Chris, this says attack, So it's also in the meteor punch, too. You can meteor punch someone. You can,
1: yes, absolutely. Daze
0: them and then move into their territory, right? And take over their secure or something that they were on. So I find it very cool. But it's also, it's crucial to his kit because we're just going to cut through the chaff while we're here. One of his last superpowers, it says additionally during the power phase, Hulkbuster gains one additional power. So Hulkbuster gains two power every turn. Mm-hmm. So hit and run is online every turn. Love so it. what you can do a lot is, as Chris is kind of alluding to, you can hit and run, shoot someone where you're at, push them off their point, move up to their point. Let's say they're on the midline. You push them off the midline, you move up to the midline, and then you push someone on the their backline away, right? With your second action, right? And you're just kind of holding that midline or you could push, the as Chris said, the original target one step further if it works out range-wise. But I love that it's just very much like on Hulkbuster's worst day, every turn he's getting a move and two pushes
1: of characters. Absolutely correct. And thanks to his Repulsor Blast Being a builder, uh, you're going to be able to do this hit and run plus a little bit of extra. And one of those extra things that's also just absolutely wonderful for dealing with high threat big models is his next active superpower. And that is Now I'm Mad. It will cost you three power. Choose an interactive terrain feature of size four or less within range two. And throw it medium. The superpower can only be used once per turn. Now, every legal board, Jesse, is gonna have tournament legal board is gonna have at least what two? One
0: or two. One or two, yeah. Minimum. Yeah.
1: They size should. four terrains. So I mean, there's nothing, there's not much better to help get rid of a, a Magneto, a Jean Gray, a Hulk. Throw a size four terrain piece into them. They have they have to save five damage to avoid taking any uh right you know it's a guaranteed five damage through if they whiff it's look we always say it it's so good
0: yeah it's a guarantee on your end and then they have to kind of roll dice on their end right so you've already got a guarantee on your end and then they got to roll dice on their end also chris size four throws are very rare yes. in this game. They're a premium for that reason. It, sometimes it's less about the damage and it's more about you know the opponent has a Hulk or
1: something, right? And the, he can throw size four. Well, yeah, you always, especially against, a, like you said, a Hulk, a Magneto, a She-Hulk, these these characters and teams that like throws yeah. Taking that throw away yes. from the Hulk is huge. That you just saved one of your three threat characters from getting dazed next turn if the Hulk would have gotten a hold of that, you know, that building or whatever. Yeah, have and remember
0: you. you can always throw terrain somewhere else. You don't have to throw it at right. an enemy character, right? Right. You just get just get rid of it. Right. Yeah, just getting rid of it is huge, Chris, because at the end of the day, Hulkbuster is pretty fragile and yes. he doesn't love throws either. So if you can take away throws from your opponent to throw at your characters and to throw at your Hulkbuster, just throw it it another piece of terrain. Just get rid of two pieces of terrain, right? There's a lot of viability to that because at the end of the day, he is a control piece. And we're going to get to his last two superpowers. The first one is a reactive superpower called built to take it costs one power. This is kind of the lifeblood of his kit. When this character is targeted by an attack, it may use this superpower, reduce the amount of damage dealt by this attack by one this character also cannot be pushed as a result of special rules during this attack.
1: Secure monster.
0: Secure monster. Downside to this is you have to pay before they've rolled dice or anything. So this is not the power level of Crossbones and Kingpin where they get to see everything and they say, oh, I pay one and reduce it by one. This is, I pay up front and I'm okay with that because Hulkbuster's pretty fragile with 13 health and I'm willing to spend as much power as I need to to give myself essentially more than 13 health. That's kind of the way you got to look at it. You almost got to look at it like you're giving yourself more than 13 health throughout the game the more you spend this. So this is a very good superpower. Of course, this doesn't work with Steve's leadership because it does have cost one, so it doesn't reduce to a minimum of zero. So no interactions with Steve there, but a very crucial superpower. And as Chris said, secure monster can't be pushed as a result of the specials of this attack. So this is actually cool tech for the very few things in the game that can push size four. And also... You know, it just it stops the Iron Man Hulkbuster mirror too, which is pretty cool. It just stops the Iron Man or other Hulkbuster pushing you. So I just find that very cool. You know, it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing. Chris, we gotta talk about his last card here, right? So his last card is an innate superpower called Enhanced Support Systems. Iron Man Hulkbuster. When this character would flip its stat card to the injured side, place Iron Man Hulkbuster, which is little Iron Man, within two of where your Hulkbuster was then remove the Hulkbuster from the battlefield. Now, little Iron Man Hulkbuster has no damage, power, special conditions, or effects, and is now part of your squad. So Iron Man comes out, Chris, immediately. Range two. This is not a Hulk scenario where it's like the end of the round, you have dealt 20 damage to She-Hulk, you dealt 20 damage to Hulk, they're off the table, right? That's how they work. This is a the second Hulkbuster gets that 13 to 0, Little Iron Man Hulkbuster comes out, the emergency suit, we always refer to it as, comes out within range two. Range Two is pretty nice. That's yes. kind of like a little storm hop. But now you are a different model entirely, which we're going to read. And it's a very simple model, Chris. And this is just a cool, thematic, healthy character that's not great, but does come out and help you keep playing the game. And I love that. And we're just going to read his card real quick. Iron Man Hulkbuster. Tony Stark is his alter ego. He has a stamina of five. He is a healthy character, which is very important. He's a small base with a move of medium, a size of two. Of course, his threat cost is the same, but his defenses are two physical, two energy, and three mystic because he is a weakened Iron Man. Any
1: thoughts right up front, Chris? This this is not an Iron Man that wants to fight. (laughs) Perfectly said. Yeah. It's more valuable for him to be alive. Scoring a back point. That's really it, yeah. And just providing that extra activation and it's very
0: important too that we know he came out and everything was removed off his card so all yes. the power everything keep in mind no power is on him when he comes out and that's actually very crucial to i was gonna say that's with.
1: very important yeah. so he does have one attack jesse and honestly it's pretty good it it's is rapid repulsor blast it is right ra- it is an energy attack it is a range four, strength of four they power cost of zero After this attack is resolved, Iron Man gains one power. After this attack is resolved, push the target character away short. That is going to happen no matter what. Yeah. On a wild, however, you will trigger Rapid Fire. After this attack is resolved... Iron Man Hulkbuster may make one additional Rapid Repulsor Blast attack. The additional attack must target the original target character, and the additional attack rules do not have the Rapid Fire special rule. So even with this low health pool, even with these low defenses, he is going to still be able to control the battlefield a little bit. Range 4 is nothing to sneeze at. It can get, you know, from a... Back secure to you know to a middle secure or or something yeah. to the midpoint pretty easily, but it is not range five, and he will have to be somewhat in the danger zone to be able to be effective and get those rapid repulsor blasts off and displace characters.
0: No, absolutely. And I love the trade off of getting a range for energy attack, which is better at a range three physical attack, like yes. this rapid fires. But the rapid fire is much harder to get. <laughs> yes, it's it is. It's not a hit. It is a wild. So the rapid fire, not going to happen on this very often. If, if it happens, enjoy yourself. Count that's, yourself lucky. That's, that's, it's very lucky. Not impossible, though. It's definitely going to happen every couple times you do this. So I like the upsides that it's a longer range with a short push. But the rapid fire is happening less. Moving on, Chris, he has a couple superpowers. Of course, he's got the Hulkbusters affiliation. We said that. So you, if you play this affiliation, you're still keeping an effect as long as he's alive. Additionally, he has four new superpowers. The first one is an active superpower called Always Have a Backup. Costs 10 power. The most expensive superpower in the entire game. Chris. And
1: so cool thematically. And th- there's a lot to like about this superpower. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, except for the cost. And the fact that you'll never be able to do it. This is an achievement unlocked sort of scenario. Yes. In this game. It's just turning Craven into Spider Man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably easier than that, but it's definitely in that realm without a doubt. It's
1: in that realm. It's all I mean by that. Yeah.
0: Place a Hulkbuster character, as in Big Hulkbuster, within range one of emergency suit Iron Man.
1: It has no damage, power, special
0: conditions, or effect. Hulkbuster now gains an activated token. It is now part of your squad. Remove emergency Iron Man suit from the game. So we remove little Iron Man from the game. Put out Hulkbuster, he does come out with an activated token. So another thing you got to keep in mind with the superpower is if for some reason you're super flush on power with Tony and you're close to that 10, get your actions before you pay for this. You know, I mean, because Hulkbuster's coming out with an activated token. Of course, this is awesome. It's coming down from space. It's, it's a second suit. that Tony always has a second suit ready, a fresh one, right? Theme is right, like you said. But you got to pay for it. It costs a lot of resources
1: to get it here. And you pay in a huge way. You absolutely do, and I have to say, do not do this after round five. Do not do this on round six. I mean, just do it for fun. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can ever do it, do it. But don't do it on round six and expect to have done anything of note. Uh, he does have another superpower, Jesse. It is a reactive superpower. It is called New Plan. It will cost you two power after an attack targeting the emergency Iron Man suit is resolved. The emergency Iron Man suit. If Iron Man was damaged by the attack, he may now use this superpower. Iron Man advances medium. I like it's if not you're bad. damaged. So you not know bad. what
0: you're paying. Obviously, if you took damage, you got some power too. This is good, Chris. This keeps him alive, right? Yes. I think this is probably, this is why you're not going to ever be able to pay for, I always have a backup, honestly. Bingo. Because late game, when this emergency Iron Man is out if he's at it all. The key is to keep him alive, keep him doing something of note, keep him scoring, keep him pushing models off points. And if that's all he's doing, that's great. Because the body
1: on the table that's healthy. That's healthy. He can double move somewhere and win a point, right? From an injured model. And and that's a very, very important thing to remember. This is one of those characters you're probably, probably going to want to activate him last in a round. Just kind of position him somewhere. Just to position him. And the fact that he is a A healthy character, like you said, he can late in the game, he can zoom in and just flat win a big secure, which in turn, you know very well, Jesse, that that can just win the game. It could definitely make a point stagnation flip to big points, right? Which is a
0: big, important thing. Of course, closing out his card, he has two more superpowers. They're very simple. They're both innate. First one is secondary support suit. When this character be dazed, it is KO'd instead, so you don't flip to an injured side of this card. Also, this character cannot be included in rosters, never deployed at the start of the game, and can only be put into play as a result of the enhanced support system's superpower. So no sinister cloning, no weird stuff. He's only an emergency suit of the Hulkbuster. Yeah. You can never build him in your list either, but you can use this Iron Man- sculpt as your regular Iron Man because such a good sculpt. It is cool. Yeah, closing out his card, Chris, he has the innate superpower, Flight, putting him at the same movement as our classic Iron Man, a small base with a medium move with Flight. We love it. It's just a solid mid-range movement. You know, it's not crazy, but it's not slow. It's great. And that kind of closes out him. But let's go back to Hulkbuster, Chris. What are your thoughts about Hulkbuster as a whole? And what are your thoughts about paying this much? for a control piece that is specifically made to control tight areas of the map and large characters only and that's kind
1: of his role. I think he's an extremely niche play, but I also think he's an, ex- an extremely strong niche play. Yeah. I don't know that I would ever craft a 10 model squad or roster list planning on playing him every game. Um okay. I think you're planning on playing him at most one out of every three. Sure. Just, you know, just that's assuming fine. you're playing against different opponents every t- you know, time, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, he, he's he's very niche, he's very fragile, but what he does, he does it so Well, can absolutely negate some character, more than one character every round. He can do some big, big things, and if you've got the right team around him that can kind of make up for his lack of offensive capabilities uh, and things of that nature, he's really going to help put you in a position to score a lot of victory points.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And perfectly said, Chris, I think that's really this character's role, right? Because he has a big weakness of being fragile. And he that's does. what's scary. It's Razor's Edge. Because you're always like, man, could I just played Hulk or She-Hulk, right? And got more health out of this. So you're bringing it with a purpose, you're bringing it with a plan, like say you're playing Gamma with a plan, or you're playing into a Hulk with a plan. This model is really good. I have yet to see and I'm very excited to see the Sentinels versus Hulkbuster. Oh my gosh, I on. know Talking man, about Pacific Rim fights, you know, in a city, you've got like the Sentinels just hitting like a truck with their lasers and then pulling the Hulkbuster in then the Hulkbuster to play displacing them everywhere. And then maybe meteor punching them to their injured side where now they're taking damage from their crits and stuff. Like there's, there's a good back and forth there that could be really fun to watch. Someone make that battle report happen, but uh, this is a very cool character. Chris, this is a very cool character. And he is, he's a lot. That's the only issue as you've
1: been alluding to this whole time. He's such an interesting character. I desperately want to use him. I own him. I'm very excited to try to paint him. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't know about using him any more than casually yet. Personally, that's just me. I'm also not a control player. You know, that's more your bag. That's true.
0: Yeah, I had a blast playing him in the last Furious Finest League, and because I drafted him into my Shield and my and our What If League, because I feel like he should be affiliated Shield, but he isn't. So I was like, I'm just going to make it happen and have fun with <laughs> it. And I did. <laughs> I had some fun, Chris. There was some dominant wins i had because of hulkbuster and it was i believe that we, we were playing maps kind of up main street or in a tight area and i activated hulkbuster last or at the right time every time displaced two models got in a position to tank a bunch of attacks the next turn and then hit and run back out you know there's a lot of cool plays you can do with this
1: character but chris there's one last thing helios laser bombardment Mm, this is tactic card this is not nothing i will (laughs) say that this this card's awesome
0: yeah so prefacing this card has come out since we did our iron man episode so i find it very cool we get to talk return to iron man and we have more tools for iron man to talk about this card can be played from hulkbuster iron man little iron man or emergency suit iron man any iron man thus far
1: it's just tony stark this card can be played by tony stark Right, any great. Tony Stark, any future Tony Stark, and I guarantee you we're going to get more versions of Iron Man. And the card's so fun. It's so, cool. I mean,
0: it's always great to have a fun thematic card that is competitively viable, and that means that we're just going to see this card now until probably forever, until it's gone from the game. Fine so, by me helios laser bombardment it's an unaffiliated active card during tony stark's activation any number of allied characters may spend power to play this card tony stark may use the helios laser bombardment attack shown above once this activation it's a spirit bomb it's a spirit bomb so that attack is an energy attack called helios laser bombardment it is range five from tony stark keep that in mind it's a strength of two and a power cost of zero initially this attack ignores line of sight, so you can shoot them if they're behind a building, and the defending character does not benefit from cover, obviously. Add dice to this attack roll equal to the number of power spent to play this card. So normally, as you notice, Chris, the card costs zero. You have a strength of two attack, but every person on your team that puts power into this, you can get this number incredibly high, and you should. You should treat this like... Oh, Yeah. You should treat this like it's an overkill spender. You should not treat this like a razor's edge, like, oh, I just want like a nine dice attack, 10 dice attack. I mean, that, maybe that's all you need to finish an attack. And it, this is a good way to get a range five, nine or 10 dice attack, right? But a lot of the time you're probably in that 11, 12
1: plus dice range, 20 dice, whatever you need to do to get Dormama off the table. Yeah. If you're going to use this thing, man, what what's the old adage in, in, in action movies, if you're going to do it, you better knock me out. You know, yeah. like. No big trigger at home.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's where man. we're at. And of course, there's a wild trigger on this. Sweep and clear. After the attack is resolved, enemy characters within two of the original targets suffer one damage. So a little Love bit of that. pain damage. I played this card in my shield, Chris, because Iron Man typically has a lot of friends with a bunch of power. Maybe you can close out in a game with a big attack off of Iron Man. This is great on Hulkbuster because Hulkbuster would be at that point where it's like he's at 10 out of 13 damage. He's taking so much damage, but he's going to do one last big Helios. Mm -hmm. Maybe swing the game back, and now Hulkbuster survives the rest of the game. You know, There might be something like that that happens. I think this card is incredibly fun and you know, it's also one of those cards too that like it does whiff, you know, sure. it's not a guarantee like doing 15 or 20 dice on this is a good start, but it could still whiff, right? So it's a fun way to get models that are running away, stuff like that, but you're still dice dependent and it
1: happens. We've all had that by Helios laser. Dice are going to dice. You're going to whiff on this at some point. You're also going to have an insane roll at some point. So you just got to take fun. it. Yeah, it just is what it is.
0: Well, and being the player that I am, Chris, and you know this about me, I always just overpay for this. Yes. I just don't even do. Comically I even, sometimes. Yeah, I, I just don't even do like the 60% or 70% guarantee. I'm just not willing to risk that because if, sure. if I'm spending this much on a card like this, I might as well dump everything, right? And it's going to be something crucial, right? It's going to be to take a Hulk out or something. It's not going to be some frivolous yeah. thing. It's not so, for money, Badger. No, so I'm willing to spend five more power than I originally was willing to spend or something, right? So if it was, if I was willing to spend eight or nine on top of this two, and I'm at like, you know, Willing to dice, pay
1: premium price.
0: I'm going to take it up to like 16 or 17 hmm. dice or 18 dice or something. Because at the end of the day, this card is a great use of your cheap characters that are sitting back in points still winning you the game. You've got Widow back there. She's got three or four power just dump all of her power onto this, right? It's giving you more viability and she's still doing the thing that's winning you the game. She's still in that back point scoring. And yeah, she doesn't have power to do her spender. Yeah, Yeah, she doesn't have power to do her spender next turn or something, but she did more with this attack for Iron Man. And keep in mind, you still explode crits and stuff. So this could explode in something much
1: bigger. It can be huge.
0: But Chris, that's Hulkbuster. It's been really fun talking about this character. And I try to sneak this character into a lot of lists every once in a while because we're in a big meta right now. yes. Malikith beats up on Hulkbuster pretty bad. So I think with Malikith being toned back a little bit, I think Hulkbuster will kind of come back into the game more and stuff like that, which makes a lot of sense.
1: And at the end of the day, it's just good insurance in your list to deal with Hulk. It really is. I mean, and not just Hulk, but Juggernaut, sure. Any Some of these Sentinels any maybe. of these any of these big big characters and even so, it it can be a very useful tool on you know on kind of a wide map too just if there's a lot of points to be secured yeah he can clear two of them off himself and then zip over and contest another i mean no you're right it's just there's there's so much you can do with hulkbuster he just you know it just takes a lot to set it all up uh and it's a, you can't do it every game so super interesting character i am fast i am also fascinated by Hulkbuster like you are. And you better believe once I get mine painted, I will be trying to sneak him into every list possible.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I It's no secret to listeners, Chris, but we love these high powered specialist characters. Yes, you know?
1: we absolutely do.
0: And it's always like people forget about the Hulkbusters and the nebulas of the world and stuff, but it's like They are the best at what they do in their role, and like that still has a huge place in the game. And the meta is always shifting and changing, and these characters come in and out of Vogue all the time. And I find it very cool that we have a character this strong and this fun with one of the best sculpts in the game that could just pop out. You are not wrong.
1: Talk about an eye catcher at at the the gaming store, man. Every time This is is one that will bring everybody in the the tabletop room over to check it out.
0: And it's exactly what we said when this model was revealed and we did the news roundup on this character the first time we talked about Hulkbuster. This is a model to get people into the
1: game. And if anything, that's enough. Oh, yeah. Fury's Finest is supported by our patrons. To become a Fury's Finest patron, go to patreon.com slash furies. Finest.
0: Find us online. Find the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Emails at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, collaborations, etc. And leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. Spotify listeners, we continue to see you. We appreciate it. And if you haven't left Spotify review yet and you use Spotify, that really helps out because seems like a lot of you Apple people have shown up. So
1: Spotify people are catching up to you. It's great. I love it. We're going to get a Spotify deal any day now, Jesse. I know it's coming. I I really do. uh, We very much appreciate you guys. You're awesome. Just so happy that uh, in 2022 and more so in 2023, we've been able to get out and and meet a lot of the community. And I just cannot wait to get out and meet more in uh, 2023. So thank you all for your support and uh, hope to see you soon. Of course,
0: and you can find Chris and I online several places. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram, at Jesse Aiken, and of course, I'm Jesse Aiken on Longshanks, and I'm Fury's Finest on Discord, so those are all the MCP places you can find me. Chris, where can everyone find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter, at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T, and seriously, who's going to get DeMar DeRozan, and when do the Wolves just admit that they have to blow it up? I mean, come on. There it is. Well, we hope you guys
0: enjoyed this return to Tony Stark, return to Iron Man, and you should play more Hulkbuster. And you should read Banner War. Absolutely. So until next time, thanks for listening, true believers.
1: Excelsior.
0: The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong.